Good morning and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We are a spiritual and spirited community dedicated to the free search for truth and meaning, and we're very glad you're here. We come from a long heritage of teaching that there's a spark of the divine in everyone. And so we greet the divine in our midst on a Sunday morning by turning to the people around us and welcoming them here this morning. Will you join with me in these words from the Unitarian tradition in the 1800s for the lighting of our chalice, which is the symbol of our faith? Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. The call to worship is by James Howe from Totally Joe, The Misfits, number two. I hated that the soldier doll had my name. I mean, please. I didn't play with him much. He was another Christmas present for my clueless grandparents. One time when they were visiting, my grandpa asked me if G.I. Joe had been in any wars lately. I said, no, but he and Ken got married last week. (laughs) Every Christmas since then, my grandparents have sent me a check. One of the reasons that we're talking about gender and gender expression, gender identity, sexual attraction this morning is so that we will not be ignorant of the lives of those who live among us And so that ignorance, as it burns away, helps to create beloved community as we know more and more about one another and as our hearts open more and more to contain one another. Beloved community is what we have added to our mission, and we say it together every Sunday. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives and do justice to build a The meditation reading is by Dorothy L. Sayers. Are Women Human? From a collection of essays. A man once asked me how I managed in my books to write such natural conversation between men when they were by themselves. Was I, by any chance, a member of a large mixed family with a lot of male friends? I replied that, on the contrary, I was an only child and had practically never seen or spoken to any men of my own age until I was about 25. Well, said the man, I shouldn't have expected a woman, meaning me, to have been able to make it so convincing. I replied that I had coped with this difficult problem by making my men talk as far as possible like ordinary human beings. This aspect of the matter seemed to surprise the other speaker. He said no more, but took it away to chew it over. One of these days, it may quite likely occur to him that women as well as men, when left to themselves, 
talk very much like human beings also. We've come to the time in our service when we enter what uh, Emerson called the wise silence together. We speak and listen to God as we understand God, or we listen to our inner wisdom, or we just watch our breath as it goes in and out of our bodies. Let us enter into this silence to listen for clarity, compassion, to feel ourselves held in the arms of love. forget when Peter Pan came to my house, took my hand. I said I was a boy. I'm glad he didn't check. I learned to fly. I learned to fight. I lived a whole life in one night. We saved each other's lives out the pirate day. And I remember that night when leaving a late night with some friends And I hear somebody tell me it's not safe, someone should help me I need to find a nice man to walk me home When I was a boy, I scared the pants off of my mom Climbed what I could climb upon survived. I guess I knew the tricks that all boys knew. And you can walk me home. But I was a boy too. Yeah, I never cared who saw My neighbor came outside to say Get your shirt I said, no way It's the last time I'm not breaking any law And now I'm in this clothing store And the signs say less is more More that's right means more to see more for me that can't help me climb a tree ten seconds flat when I was a boy see the picture that was me grass stained shirt and dusty knees and I know things I've got to change if they've got pills to sell they've got
It's a secret I can keep, except when I'm tired, except when I'm being caught off guard. And I've had a lonesome, awful day. The conversation finds its way to catching fireflies out in the backyard. And so I tell the men I'm with about the other life I lived. And I say, now you're top gun. I have lost, and now you've won. And he says, oh no, oh no, can't you see when I was a girl? I was preaching at a UU church in Long Island, and 
um, afterwards, coffee hour, this very dapper young man, red hair, sparkly blue eyes, gorgeous blue suit, comes up and says, is that y'all's, he didn't say y'all's because it was, (laughs) is that your rental car out there? It has a flat tire. And Kaya and I were like, oh, no, well, let's call AAA and get him to fix it. He said, no, no, I'll fix it for you. And I said, oh, your beautiful suit. And he said, I, I would love to do that for you. And there was a very large woman behind him that um, wasn't really passing for female. And, um, and she said, I'll go help him. It'll be fine. And so the two of them went out and started fixing the tire um, on the car, and we went out to help. And uh, and um, the woman said, really, it's all right. I know exactly what to do. I was a mechanic in my other life. And I said, in your other life? And she said, yeah, when I was a guy. And I said, oh, okay. Um, and... She said, I'm not helping because uh, this is a moment he's been dreaming about for years. And I said, really? Yeah, he, uh, he used to be a she. And uh, he's never gotten to gallantly fix a tire for two. <laughs> and it was true. His eyes were sparkling, the man who was changing the tire. And then, to cap it all off, uh, one of those Unitarian Universalists, we all know them, um, you know her, came out of the coffee hour and took a look at us and said, oh, perfect, typical, three women standing around watching the guy change the tire. (laughs) I just thought, there's a lot you don't know. You know I was the kind of mother of two sons that didn't want uh, my sons to be um, oppressed by gender stereotypes. And so when my first son was a baby, um, I dressed him in yellow and green. And um, people, he was quite beautiful. And people couldn't tell what he was. He, he didn't have a lick of hair till he was two. and But he didn't have a bow on his bald head, which most southern baby girls did. So they were thinking he was maybe a boy because of the bald thing, but they weren't sure. And when they would ask, I would tell them I wasn't going to say, I'm not going to tell you. Because that's just obnoxious. But, um, you know, I, I told him he could do anything, wear anything. We had all different colors of clothes. And um, when he was about two, we went over in our yellow clothes to... Um, play at a friend's house, and all I saw was his little yellow bottom as he was face down in the toy chest of this kid, just throwing toys over his shoulder, and then he came up with this gun, and it was like he had found the grail. It was like, And he played, he played with that thing for two hours, and I had to pry it out of his fingers when we went home. And I didn't buy him a gun after that, but he made guns out of sticks, out of cheese, out of bread. He made guns out of everything. 
because the kid likes guns. Uh, I didn't really bother as much with his brother because his brother was going to do whatever his older brother was doing anyway, so I couldn't like fool him into thinking um, they could be a boy or a girl, whichever they wanted. Even though I did, when I taught them card games, I told them that queen beats king. I think they were in college before they realized I had lied. So I violated the truth in parenting law, sue me. There was a moment with the firstborn, one August, he was about first grade, um, when he thought he might like a Barbie lunchbox as part of his school supplies. And I thought, ooh, okay, here it is. I got my chance. Um, I'm like, honey, it's fine if you want a Barbie lunchbox. That's great. And then he was like, oh, yeah, he carried it all around the store. And then I don't know what happened, if anything, but he put it back and got a G.I. Joe lunchbox after that And um, when we, before we cashed out. And he wanted a G.I. Joe doll, too. And I said, oh, that's fine. We'll get you the doll. And he was like, action figure. I'm like, oh, okay, so if it's a girl's, we call it a doll. If it's a boy's, we call it an action figure? Yes. So those rules, I tried to mess with those rules just a little bit in my life. Like when I went to the paint store and asked the paint guy for the recipe, did he know the recipe for this paint? And he went, formula. Okay. How would you answer if somebody asked you, what are masculine qualities and what are feminine qualities? How would you answer that question? And we all know the rules. We all kind of know masculinity when we see it. We know femininity when we see it. Um, But when we come right down to describing, like, if you said, that's a very masculine woman, what would that mean? She's wearing pants. Are pants masculine? She's, she's, I don't know, the boss? I, I remember taking a gender test when I was being trained as a therapist. Our trainer was a Jungian, and he thought we'd see how much anima and animus we had. And the test started off with, like, um, on a scale of 1 to 10, How do you feel the strength of your leadership qualities are? And I realized that was going to be scored as masculine. On a scale of 1 to 10, how strong is your intuition? I realized that was going to be scored as feminine. And I was so ticked off by the time I finished that test that I I handed it in with some kind of an angry yet controlled comment, which he also scored as masculine. People say gender is binary. There are men and there are women. That's how nature made it. But really, that's not how nature made it. There are in-betweens who are born every day in every country all around the world. And in some cultures, they're seen as touched by the gods, and they're allowed to grow up as in-betweens. In our culture, 
uh, traditionally, the parents and the doctors have had a conference about which gender to assign to this in-betweenish infant. And then the infant gets to be, or has to be, or whatever, that gender throughout its whole life. So nature has more than one gender. Normally we count gender by the, the sex organs of the, the human being and by the chromosomes of the human being. But on the front of your order of service is um, a teaching tool called the gender bread person. And, or maybe it's inside too. So in the gender bread person, you have the sex of the person, which is like, are they man, woman, in between? And then you have your gender identity, which is in your brain. So what gender do you feel you are? Are you a person who, who can say, you know, water is wet and I'm a female. It's just the way it is. Or the earth is round and I'm a man. And it doesn't cause you any problem. And if you're born with that gender assignment and you feel like that gender, you're called a cisgendered person and you are gender normal so far. Now, sometimes people's gender identity is a little more fluid than that, and those people are called gender-fluid people, and they used to have to hide that. They used to have to pick one. Or they're called non-binary people, or gender non-conforming. And if you go on Facebook or Google, you can find lots of videos made by non-binary or gender non-conforming people. Usually they're the younger people. Um, because this generation of millennials and younger is feeling pretty free to explode the cultural um, categories of maleness and femaleness without hiding. So they'll just say, I'm non-binary, I, I, I like the pronouns they, them, theirs. So in most youth groups around the Unitarian Universalist world, the check-in says, you know, here's my name and these are the pronouns I prefer today. It's because you're allowed to change. Try on different ones. And some people who are non-binary choose him, his pronouns and her, hers pronouns sometimes. And some say, I want to be referred to as they, them, theirs. And some people rebel against that because it's not grammatically correct, although it has been declared grammatically correct now. And in fact, the Unitarian Universalist Association at this last General Assembly voted to change all the pronouns in our materials, bylaws, etc., to they, them, theirs. So you're asked what pronouns do you prefer and what's your, what's your name? And if you meet someone who seems gender non-conforming to you, uh, it can be a polite question just to say, um, how, how shall I refer to you? What are your preferred pronouns. Nobody's going to knock you over the head for that. So your gender identity is on a continuum, the gender identity you have in your head. Some people stake out a place and they're like, I'm a boy. I grew into a man. That's how I'm going to be. And it's going to be that way my whole life. And other people are like, well, I'm kind of masculine of center, but sometimes I do enjoy um, things that other people might see as feminine, like wearing high heels um, in fact, I can run in them. Uh, 
If you've seen Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, this new Netflix series, you have very charming um, gay men, who one of whom plays with gender quite a bit in that way. Then you have your gender expression. Okay, so that's like, how do you dress? How do you present yourself to the world? Are you uh, a girl, a woman who likes all pink, frilly stuff, um, Dolly Parton hair? Dolly Parton said she was glad she was born a woman, otherwise she'd have had to be a drag queen. Because <laughs> she just likes that hair and the nails and the lipstick. Um, I don't know how correct that is. I'm going to be making a lot of mistakes here, so just keep track of them and let me know later. <laughs> when I was a little girl, I would not let my mother put me in pants. I wanted dresses. I wanted crinkly crinolines. I wanted something to twirl. And I liked twirling. And I also wanted a pair of six guns. And so... I got some six guns and my big old skirt. And now, was I expressing my gender with that, or was I just expressing my spirit? I just want to push back on this gender expression, because I think our, our clothing expression is sometimes about gender expression, and sometimes it's just about the expression of your spirit. Um, I'm going next week to a Unitarian Universalist family camp called Susi, which is in uh, North Carolina, and sometimes there are dads with beards who will just come get on campus and immediately put on a long skirt and earrings, just because they can. And they walk around strolling their babies in their long skirts and earrings, and sometimes they'll paint their fingernails just because it's a place to play and take a vacation from your roles for a week. Not a lot of people do that, but some people do. And then you have... Um, who you're romantically or sexually attracted to. They have them divided up here, like you could be romantically attracted to some and sexually attracted to others. I'm not there yet. I don't get it. It's okay. I'm trying to open my mind and my heart because we need all of us. So some people are attracted to another person just for their voice, for their hands, for the way they smell, and other people need them to be a particular gender. And some people don't need them to be a particular gender. Does that make sense? And so you're attracted to who you're attracted to, and then you choose whether to act out on it or not. But there are many wonders in this world and many ways of being masculine, masculine-ish, in the middle, feminine, feminine-ish, or in the middle. And um, it bothers some very gender-normal people. Why can't you just pick? Why can't you just... And I want us to, I've had that kind of impatience too, even as a gay woman. I'm very gender normal, I think. And except for that angry controlled thing, which scored as masculine. <laughs> Not in my family, though. Um, there are lots of angry controlled women. <laughs> and they all have their doctorate, except me. But anyway, um, so... Uh, I want us to just look at why is this person, why do we call that person masculine? What are those qualities? And can a female not have those qualities? Or can we not slide back and forth? Can a man not be intuitive and tender? Yes, they can. I know many men who are intuitive and tender. Some men have a very easy time of being that kind of solid, strong, 
Texas um, guy, and they know their rules, and it's not a problem for them. Other people don't fit quite as well. Some women can be that solid, strong Texas woman, and they know all the rules, and others don't fit so well. What if you're scared of scorpions? Um, you still live in Texas, and you're still human. But I've learned you just shake out your shoes before you put them on. What gender do you feel you are? Do you feel like you ever slide around? Do you feel like you might like to take a vacation from the gender you are? Or does it not bother you at all to just keep up the same gender all the time? Um, for some people, it's effortless and it even feels very natural. And they never even think about doing anything else. But some women like to wear um, um, mannish clothes or even dress from the men's department at the store. Some of that is gender expression, but some of it is just because men's clothes are better made, cheaper, and they have pockets. <laughs> and women's clothes have these little tiny pockets that whenever you sit on the potty, your phone falls into the water. <laughs> And in this culture where men are more highly valued than women, it's more of a problem if a young kid who's a, born a boy wants to express as a girl. That, that's a problem for the whole family. And the kid needs a lot of family support. Um, if a little girl wants to express as a boy, as in the Dar Williams song, she was just a boy for the first nine years of her life. And, it, and that's... And it, some little girls feel like they're going to grow up into being a man. Some of them don't ever think about it. Some of them, puberty hits them as kind of a betrayal. It's like, what do you mean I can't ride my bike without a shirt on anymore? And sometimes puberty hits boys that same way. What do you mean I can't put glitter in my hair anymore? What do you mean I can't wear pink? That's crazy. I'm down to navy blue and black? Really? Um, there's a little kid in another UU church who is a boy who likes to express as a girl. And his family support goes like this. They talk to him about it, and his dad paints his own fingernails. And all the men in the church decided to paint their fingernails to support this kid. I think that's very dear. And brave. And you want to know, how come it's brave for a man to paint his fingernails? You know the answer. So in our culture, um, we have people who are cisgendered, born the right gender, the born their own gender, and stay that way. You have people who are transgendered or transgender, and they um, take various steps to change genders. And then there are folks who just express in the kind of middle or slide along the continuum, um, you have straight men who dress as women for fun um, and are attracted to women. And so that's a guy I know in the Midwest. He's a straight man. He likes to dress as a woman, and, he's, and he flirts with women. And so does that make him a, a male lesbian? No. And if you just look at him, you, you see how ridiculous our categories are, you know? What makes a man a man? It's a great Charles Aznavour song. 
What makes Obama mad? You can go Google that. It's very sad, very soulful. And what makes a woman a woman? I mean, there are all different kinds of girls, and there are all different kinds of boys, and yet there's something very boyish about many boys, and there's something very girlish about many girls. Nothing wrong with that. My kids liked guns and pants. And for a while, when the one was in his emo phase, he wore girls' jeans. But he was so skinny, you couldn't really tell. <sighs> I, um, I wondered if one of my sons was going to be gay because I have heard that it's hereditary. Um, so I was watching them, you know. And this firstborn, uh, he was just able to sit up. And he had a very tall, blonde babysitter come in. And usually he fussed when I left. But this time he was just enraptured with her. And he was like, bye, Mom. <laughs> and then he, well, he stared so hard at her that he just fell backwards. <laughs> I thought, okay, that's a straight boy. And... Uh, or something. And his brother, I was thinking maybe, maybe for him, because I passed his room one night and he was talking with one of his girlfriends on the phone. He had a lot of female friends. And he was like, oh no, I can't believe it either. That color orange she wore was so bad with her tan. And I thought, oh, maybe, but no. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with being straight. People are just different, you know? We are individuals, and we can change, and we might stay the same. And here's what we need to do. We need to crank our hearts open so that we can fit as many of us in there as possible, and so that we can dispense with what's not of ultimate importance. Not to say that gender, gender expression, gender identity, and sexual attraction, romantic attraction are not, aren't, and some people aren't attracted to anybody, but not that those things aren't important to the person, but they're not as important as the other stuff we're dealing with in the world today. So just crank that heart open, make room for more love, side with love, like the Unitarian Universalists say, and ask for the gift of compassion and understanding. And the, the way to get to compassion is through curiosity, not um, deciding what you think before you meet somebody. But just being curious about somebody as an individual. What are you like? Are you a reserved person or are you an outgoing person? Are you a, a truthful person or are you a little shadier? Are you a person who, who likes to be by themselves or a person who likes to have a party? Or sometimes both, or it depends. There are lots of things to know about each other. Other than, what are you, a boy or a girl? That is... Important, but not of ultimate importance. Not like truth. Not like compassion. Not like love. That's the work we are called to do. Let us say together the um, words by which we extinguish our chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment, these we hold in our hearts until we are together again. 
This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.